is sponsored by BetterHelp and NeuroGum and Mints, buddy. Hey, Chris, what's in your mouth, man? So, dude, I've actually got one of these NeuroMints in right now. I know you do, and you're all about these NeuroGum and Mints. Me too. I absolutely love it. I've turned on three friends to NeuroGum and Mints. They're completely addicted to the cinnamon mints. I'm not going to lie. I really like the cinnamon. I'm working on one of these peppermint ones right now. Hold on. Say cinnamon with the Nero gum and mints in your mouth. <laughs> cinnamon. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love this stuff. It was developed by former athletes training at the highest level who didn't want to take mysterious supplements or energy drinks while studying, training, or going out. Instead, they wanted something that was effective, that gave them this clean, balanced energy that could be taken anywhere, anytime. And Chris, I know you're a huge fan of Nero Gum and Mints. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. So I've been doing a lot of these, um, a lot of these charity events, especially because I've got my own nonprofit and everything. And I found myself, because a lot of times in the evening, but I'm starting to slow down a little bit then. But when I, I can pop one of these in, because everybody kind of talks really close at these events. So I got a little caffeine kick. So it, it picks me up a little bit. So I'm a little bit more alert and focused. But at the same time, I'm not worried about these people talking really close to me because my breath is amazing. <laughs> Look at you, man. Two for one. Go to trynerogum.com slash I needed that. That's trynerogum.com slash I needed that to enjoy calm, focus, and energy whenever you need it. We've got a link for you in the show notes, too. uh, In the show notes, too. Uh, Hey, take that man out of your mouth. Let's talk about better help for just a couple of minutes, Mm. man. Both of us have talked extensively about our own therapy journeys and the importance of this. And somebody said something to me yesterday that I thought was so powerful, dude. You ready for this? Yeah. For people who are struggling with anything in their life, I would tell them to go to therapy before I would tell them to do anything else. Yes, I agree. Um, 100%. I mean, unless unless they're struggling with a physical injury, you know, like then, then go to your doctor. But, but yeah, if, right. if you're struggling with anything as far as your emotions, your feelings, a thousand percent, just being able to talk through it, it, it is almost like triage, if you will, for your emotions. There you go, man. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash I needed that. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. It's 100% online. To get started, you just answer a couple of questions about your needs and preferences and therapy. And then like Chris said, you can go ahead and schedule online. If you're not vibing with somebody, you can select somebody different. But the the only important part is that you start. You get in here and you get going. So 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash I I needed that. That's better. Help com slash I needed that. Should we do a podcast, buddy? Yeah, dude. Let's go, man. I'm excited. I needed that. I'm down for that. I think that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I needed that, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. Again, we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show. And we tend to do that a lot with a ton of things, is like try to pass on ownership. You know, I'm a confident, badass woman. That's what I say to myself. I just stop feeling like you anymore. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, who is this chick? I am MIA and I, I need to get myself back. Let's go, man. It's a really, really special day. We get to talk to a couple of people, Chris, that I know you specifically have been looking forward to chatting with for a long time. 
Yes, ab absolutely. So I've actually, I, I came across this incredible woman and this uh, amazing transformation journey that, that she had been on for, for years. Um, and I, I came across her page a couple years ago. And so I've been following her for quite some time and just cheering her on from a distance. And we actually messaged back and forth a few times just along the way. And I just let her know what an inspiration she is. And so finally, it all, it all finally comes together today where we get to interview not just her, but her husband as well. All right, and I have so a whole intro planned. Are you ready? Oh yeah, let's go, dude. Let's go. All I right. can't wait. And pardon me, I'm gonna read this because I've crafted this up, and and then I, and then I'm gonna say I hope I say these words right. Okay, here we go. <laughs> In 2016, she weighed 485 pounds. She slept till noon on the weekends and ate thousands of calories. All of that according to her Instagram posts. She couldn't wear the clothes she wanted. On top of that, she was diagnosed with a rare disease that caused her to have dead, necrotic skin, which was painful from her thighs to her shoulders. Her disease was so rare that doctors had to look it up before they could treat her. It's something called calciflaxis. Yep. Did I say that right, Lexi? Yeah, that's okay. right. With six months to live, she went to work and one habit at a time, she began to do what we call here on this podcast, habit stacking. She's in a very different place today, down 312 pounds naturally by diet and exercise in the last two years. Her husband, Danny, is right next to her. He too on that similar journey and down 95 pounds. They both join us today from just outside of Indianapolis. Uh, welcome. They call her on Instagram, Fat Girl Fed Up, but her real name is Lexi and Danny. What's up, guys? Hello, how are you? Oh, yeah. We are so <laughs> excited to go on your journey with you. Thank you for opening up with us today. Yeah. Of course. This has been a long time coming. How long have we, we've been messaging back and forth for, I almost want to say three, three years now? A long, long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's it's so awesome to finally be able to sit and talk with you guys and explore your journey because I know um, what you've been through is is something that a lot of the, the folks listening right now, they're going to connect with because they, they understand the struggle and a lot of them are trying to achieve the same thing that you did, that, that you've done together. And so, Lexi, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to Danny, to you as well, because, you know, not only have have you supported her on the journey, but you've done so doing probably, I think one of the most supportive things you could do is dive in full bore and yeah. actually embark upon the journey with her. You know, it's like, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say one more thing real quick, then I want to shut up and just let you guys talk. But um, I've helped a lot of people through the journey of transformation and I've seen the relationships, um, you know, where, and I've seen them either fall apart or I've seen them come together stronger than ever and they they fall apart when you have one you know a partner who is jealous scared you know mm -hmm. worried that that individual is going to transform and then and then who knows what's going to happen behind, yeah, right? absolutely but then at the same time i've also seen those these partners embrace the journey of transformation and you can see the relationship grow stronger than ever and it's just beautiful to see that what's happened between the two of you. And so just good on both of you. And I just want to know that we're, we're all watching and we're all cheering you on. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys feel that support? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's been my best friend since we started dating in high school. So it's definitely so much better to have somebody doing this with me. Yeah. I don't think it would be the same if one of us was 
trying to lose weight and the other was eating out all the time or making different decisions. Yeah. And I, I yeah. think it's, key, I think it's key to have, uh, you know, like a buddy system, have somebody, you know, that can keep you accountable and, uh, yeah. likewise as well. And it, you can just feed off each other's energy and, uh, it just makes it easier when you both can count on each other and set goals and push yeah. forward. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I know that Chris is super interested to go down the journey of transformation with you guys. But before we even jump into that, I want to ask you, did you ever watch his show when it was on ABC? Yeah. Okay, so I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, whenever I was at my heaviest, I watched it all the time. And I actually, at one point before I started losing weight, Chris doesn't even know this. I really wanted to reach out to the show to help me lose weight because I was like, I don't know if I can ever lose weight. And all these people, I want that transformation moment. I want that click moment and shows like that, Biggest Loser, I always watched because like you said, relating to people, um, that really helped me. And then I was like, in 2016, I was like, somebody else needs Chris or whoever to help them change. I think I can do this on my own. I'm gonna try. So yeah, to answer your story, yes, I watched it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It was a lot of inspiration yeah. for us when we were trying to lose weight. Yeah, definitely. Just the other people's people go through what we were about to go through. Yeah, so. absolutely. That, and I'm I'm so I, first of all, I'm so glad that the show was able and and not the show, the heroes that were on the show that they were able yeah. to give you that inspiration. For me, I just just to be able to facilitate that and support them on their journey. I mean, that makes me feel so good for you to get so much inspiration from that to 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 move you to move. Right. Um, but I'm also so glad that you're able to go through the journey without cameras in your face because it adds a whole nother twist. I mean, we've talked about, you know, the behind the scenes and everything. And, um, and it's, it's, it's so powerful to, again, to see you guys do that without being put in a bubble. And so you can actually learn the tools that you need to, 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 to succeed beyond just a year of pressure to lose weight because you guys were doing this for the rest of your lives and, and the proofs in the pudding, because, you know, you started your journey, I know in 2016 and here we are now and look at you. And so <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that a picture speaks a thousand words and I'm, it's just, it's a pleasure. It's so awesome to finally be sitting here today talking about your journey. So let's I jump would, in, man. Yeah, let's man. jump right in 2016. What's your <laughs> moment of clarity as Chris likes to say, let's go. Well, what was it? I think there are just so many things that added up, but basically I knew that if I didn't start losing weight, I might not live to see my 30th birthday. Um, I was 485 pounds. I couldn't do things that I enjoyed. Like I couldn't uh, walk a block without being out of breath. I couldn't go to restaurants and fit in a booth. I couldn't hardly tie my shoes. I couldn't ride roller coasters. I couldn't travel. I knew that I wanted to be a mom one day. So we kind of had a mantra of baby read 2016 because, you know, if we couldn't find it in ourselves to lose the weight, we wanted to be able to find it for each other, for, for, for our future family. So I have a lot of moments that just added up and I was just fed up. And I think we both were, and we were just ready to change. Right. What, what led to the 485 pounds? Because with every single person I've helped through the journey of transformation, they can trace it. It, it, it goes so far beyond really enjoying food, right? There's, what was it that you were suffering 
with what what emotional trauma or was it I, think I was just an emotional eater so if i was happy there was food if i was sad there was food growing up we didn't have a lot of money so my mom would do what she could to provide so if we're eating things like spaghetti obviously i knew nothing about nutrition and my mom was always skinny so she didn't really have to you know incorporate all that into my diet and so i just food was always just there for me and i just never learned okay like what i've basically learned now throughout this journey is how to eat counting calories you know just because you're at a birthday party you don't have to eat like four slices of cake if you're sad yeah. <laughs> when do what? Hate, hate to burst your bubble, buddy. <laughs> Breaking news. I don't have to eat four pieces of cake, but what if I want to? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I learned over time that food is fuel and yeah. it doesn't have to be something that is controlled by my emotions, basically. Right. Was it the same for you, Danny? Um, for me, um, <laughs> Comfortable. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I got comfortable because um, I, I I was skinnier um, and then I gained a little bit of weight. Um, and I, I think for me, uh, I just got comfortable in a relationship um, and I started to become not as active as I used to. And so unfortunately, the weight stacked on and uh, that's pretty much how it started for me. Right. Now, now Lexi, have you always struggled with your weight as soon as you can remember, as early as you can remember, or did it start happening after a certain age? Yeah, um, basically, as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, and like, I feel like I was always on some sort of diet in middle school. I did like Weight Watchers, LA Weight Loss, things like my grandma would tell me if I lost weight, she'd give me money. Like I was always mm. constantly trying to lose weight in some shape or form my whole life. Was it, was it your mom or your grandma that was, that was forcing you on these diets or were you choosing them yourself? I think probably a little bit of both because well, she was I getting did. paid, man. She was getting paid to lose <laughs> weight. Like, yeah, <laughs> she was all in. I realized that I was heavier than the other kids. So I always wanted to lose weight. I wanted to be able to buy, even when I was younger, wear cute clothes and do the things that my friends were doing. And, you know, so I would say that it was definitely probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Sure. And and the, the only reason I ask is, is and it's it's not to, to demonize your mom and your grandma. I'm sure they, I, I've realized also having worked with so many people whose parents put them on diets as children, they're parents they don't know how to help yeah. and the, most of the time they're it's all out of love and they're trying to help their child they just yeah. don't know how but in the process it creates this mentality of this food is good this food is bad don't eat this and when you when you tell a child don't ever like don't think about the white elephant <laughs> you know don't yeah. think about yeah. uh you know the blue tiger that's all the, that's all they're going to think about it can create an obsession over food I want to, can I ask her something really quick? And I kind of, who, who was the guest Chris that we had and they grew up very similar. Like, uh, they grew up not having a lot of money and, and so they're like, there was scarcity around food Marabod. and when they came in, was, it was Murbad, wasn't it? Yeah. So I wonder if this is true for the, for either of you, Lexi or Danny was when you grow up and you don't have a, a, a lot, 
and you're having to make do with what you've got, you, you can sometimes get yourself into a place as an adult where you're able to accumulate things and have the things you want. And then because you couldn't have them when you were a kid in, in maybe the quantities uh, that you wanted, you start to go a little bit harder now that it's a part of you. Is there any piece of that for you, do you think, psychologically, growing up and not being able to have much, and then when you could, you just did more? Or does that not play into this at all? Oh, I think I could agree with that. I know that like one thing that I think we're taught as kids is to always clear your plate, um, finish all your food, don't waste anything. And I think that kind of goes along with, you know, we didn't have a lot. So when we got food, I wanted to eat more because I didn't know when I was going to have that meal again, or if things are going to change, or maybe we wouldn't have money to eat, you know? So I think so. Yeah. So the, the combination of that, and then, oh, now it's time to go on a diet. Yeah. And then especially early in the, you said the middle school years, et cetera, mm-hmm. then uh, yeah, that, that can certainly create a, um, a disordered thought process around food. And then it sounds like it just exacerbated from there. So that, that just, yeah. that pushed into, did, did you diet on and off throughout high school then? And then into your early yeah, adult years? I, I mean, like I said, I felt like I was always on some type of diet, but I never really knew like much about what I was doing. I was just like, oh, okay, I know I need to eat more vegetables or I should eat smaller portions or, okay, if I have chips or something, maybe I just eat less or I eat baked instead of, I don't know. I never really knew like anything about nutrition or cooking or meal prepping or anything. So I was always trying, but then I would just go back to my old habits because I really didn't know like a lifestyle change. And then I just gain it back until I restarted a new diet. Okay. Here's the question. We're only 13 minutes into the podcast, but uh, statistics say sometimes people punch out after 15 minutes. So before they leave, let's give them one big, I learned this along the way. So what have you learned, Lexi, about food and how you want to consume it? You know, more than just, "Ah, maybe I should eat veggies. Maybe I should go bake. But what's like the one aha moment that you've had about food? I'd say take the foods that you love and make them healthy. I learned that with this lifestyle change, I don't have to deprive myself of foods like pizza. There are healthier ways that you can make it. I can still have tacos. I can substitute things like turkey for beef or, yeah, portion control. And that food is fuel. Um, Live to eat or eat to live, not live to eat. And, yeah, I think just finding foods that you can incorporate in your daily lifestyle long term that you enjoy. That way it doesn't feel like a diet and you feel like you're still living the life that you're happy with and enjoying what you're eating. Right. I love that. Don't you love that answer, Chris? Like find a way to eat the foods you love healthy. A thousand percent. So great. The mentality for years was simply don't eat this, restrict that. No pizza, no ice cream, no nothing, no beef. It's just like, hold on, wait a second. No, you can have all of all of those things. But then the the next big power word that, that Lexi used was portion control. It's like, yes, you can you can enjoy a slice of pizza. You don't have to enjoy the entire thing, but but at the same time, you and you, you can be very mindful about it. You can enjoy these foods without going overboard. And I think that's huge because especially trying to dispel this concept of deprivation and restriction is the is the key to success. No, it's not at all. In fact, it will actually lead you to it'll leave lots of people to binge type behavior and disordered eating. So I, I love that you said that. Would you say yeah. that's probably one of the biggest takeaways, especially because you mentioned, you know, 
dieting through middle school, high school, not knowing what you're doing. Was there like, was it a lot of restriction? Is that what it was for you? Um, I mean, I don't know. I just probably because I think that I just didn't know what to eat. And being in middle school, I probably didn't know how to be on a diet with like them serving things like pizza and different foods and not so I just take my food. We, you know, we don't have a lot of money. So things like free lunch were provided. So I just think I just didn't know what I know now. And I think that I look at it now as okay. Every day I can learn. I'm also now an adult. So every day I can cook my own food and I'm in charge and I have my own health compared to somebody else was kind of making my choices for me. Uh, Yeah. I love this so much because there's this great (laughs) quote that I, I'm just so into it says knowing gets in the way of learning. And so sometimes we think we know better, but actually there's more times where we just don't know at all. And, and it's, you've heard this expression before, you don't know till you know. And once you come into that knowledge, man, it's like your mind gets blown. It's like, whoa, where has this been my whole life? That information yeah. gap is what we have to close. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I, uh, Matthew, did you have any uh, like questions? Of, no, I just wanted to hear myself talk show. for a second. Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. <laughs> but, no, you're, you're spot on though, because uh, again, like thinking that you know it all, it really is such a, a massive block to the process of learning. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll fast forward now back to that low point, you know, 2016, 485 pounds. And you finally said, look, I'm, I'm fed up what were you doing? Like what, what triggered that? I'm fed up. Did you see a picture of yourself? Were you looking in the mirror? What can you actually walk us through that moment? Yeah, actually it was just another year, another diet. And my best friend had challenged me and Danny or well, he joined me anyway to 30 days of no eating out 30 days of no cheat meal, 30 days of working out five times a week for 30 minutes. Um, no alcohol, no soda, like everything that basically was the complete opposite for us because we ate thousands of calories. Most nights we spent sitting on our couch, watching TV, drinking a two liter of Mountain Dew. We might split a whole large pizza um, and we never worked out. So it was something completely different. So once she challenged us um, after that first 30 days, it really just became our lifestyle. Wow. So, so when, when she challenged you, did you have to think about it for a second or were you just like, all right, I'm in, let's go. I think I was just in, I think I was always in to lose it some way or another. I was just ready, but it just, every year it was going higher. My weight was going higher and I didn't want to see 500 pounds. Um, so yeah, I think I was just ready. Okay. Yeah. So, so what was, is it, was it the same for Danny? Can I ask him, was it the same for you? Because as a partner, you got to kind of come along for the ride here. Yeah, um, I would say for me, uh, she said she was starting that and uh, I was, uh, you know, um, I was I was also, you know, right there with her. I was like, yeah, I want to lose weight. I steadily gained weight and uh, I just wanted to get skinnier and healthier and um, be a better me. There you go. All right, Chris, back to you. Sorry. What was the very next thing you did? So she challenged you, said, I'm in. Do you have to go clean out your pantry? What 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 were the like exact next steps that you did to say like, look, Ooh. I need like right now my environment. If all this stuff is around, I'm gonna smash it and I'm out. Mm-hmm. 
what do yeah. I do to set myself up for success? What did, what did you do? That's exactly what we did. We uh, got rid of all the Mountain Dew. <laughs> we got rid of the snacks. We went and we bought things like meat and vegetables instead of all the processed, you know, frozen meals or the junk food. Um, figured out what workout clothes we were going to wear. We probably had to go get workout clothes because <laughs> I doubt we had any. And just made a routine, made like a schedule and told ourselves, you know, basically we're on our own boss. Bosses don't cancel. Looked at it like a work meeting and set up those five times a week and started changing our lifestyle. I love it wasn't it. easy, was it? I bet the first couple of days, man, you were like, come on, let's just get a pizza. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I did have that moment. I called him on my way home from work and I was like, I really just want Taco Bell. I had a bad day because I was an emotional eater and I just want Taco Bell. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go to the gym. And he said, babe, just come home. Like, it's fine. We'll go. You'll feel better. And he reminded me of the mantra we had at Baby Re 2016. And once I did go to the gym that day, I did realize, oh, I feel so much better working out than I would have felt for that five minutes of eating the Taco Bell. Yeah. I remember my wife and I, Chris, we were, uh, I don't remember. It was like leading up to our wedding back in 2004. And we were both just trying to lose a couple of pounds. There's a lot of couples will do to, you know, look good for your wedding, whatever. And we, so we decided we were going to jump on the, I think it was the Atkins diet. It was really, really popular and just kind of exploding at the time. Maybe I have that wrong. I don't know. There's some, some name for a diet. Anyways, we got to day number two and we were supposed to eat cauliflower mashed potatoes. And so we, we, we make the cauliflower mashed potatoes. We put them on our plate. We both took a bite and we were like, what, what are we, what is this? And we literally <laughs> drove to Culver's and got like a mix and ice cream Sunday. I was like, this is so dumb. What are we doing? And so I relate to that moment so much of like, let's just get a pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for, for so, sure. Yeah. And how many people have been there? I mean, I, I, I think just about every human in existence who's tried yeah. to make a change with their diet and lifestyle. They've all been there a couple of days and it's just so difficult a few days in, especially when you've taken on, and, and it sounds to me like you guys took on quite a bit at first. I mean, as yeah. far as dietary changes, exercise five days a week, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to tackle. And the majority of people, and it's, that's not sustainable for them, but you guys were able to, I heard something in that, in the conversation though, you said that he reminded you of your mantra and I'm going to call your mantra, your why. Right. You, you said baby, baby read 2016. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like that? That's finding your why. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you, you were very familiar with this at this point, especially having through this journey. It's, a, it's, it can be an extremely powerful driver, especially when you're not feeling it, when you're not motivated. Yeah. So, so that, that was your why then. And w- what's your why now? I mean, I would say currently just to be alive, like I don't want to go back to being 485 pounds and not being able to do everything that I want to be able to do. Like I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to keep up with Danny. I want to be able to go hiking and just live my life. Um, Because basically it's not about the weight you lose, but the life that you gain. And especially after being sick, I realized like life is short. We don't know if we're promised tomorrow. But I know that I can do everything in my power to take care of myself and be healthy and get the life that I want. Yeah, I love that. How about we switch gears a little bit? Because there's another part of your story that's absolutely mind-blowing and um, just 
so interesting because it's not something we see or hear about ever. In fact, I said it in the intro that I gave for your guys, uh, for you guys, it was your disease was so rare. Your doctors had to look it up so they could figure out what the heck to do. So how old are you when you guys have decided to do like these five things, like the soda, the pizza, the no eating out, like what, what year is that? 2016. Okay. So in 2016, is that the same year you find out you've got calciphylaxis? I was diagnosed with calciphylaxis. I went into the um, emergency room January of 2021. Okay. So you're like five years into your journey. I'm guessing you guys are having some success with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you start to notice what help us understand calciflaxis right and then and real quick at this point you had lost you'd lost over 300 pounds at this point is that correct yeah i lost 300 pounds in two years and then i had gained some back when a covid happened and then mm-hmm. i got sick um and then i lost weight and then i gained weight like it's kind of been up and down and then now since march i've lost almost 80 pounds again um so it's been you know crazy um, but basically, um, uh, I got calciflaxis at the side of being on dialysis. So when I noticed that I had the calciflaxis, I had really hard bumps on my stomach and I had a lot of pain and I was trying to basically self-diagnose myself because I was telling the doctors I was having pain and they said, well, maybe it's just a muscle strain. And I was like, okay, well, I have these dark spots on my legs. Because with calciflaxis, um, the skin will die and go necrotic. And so I started seeing these dark spots and I was like, okay, well, maybe I have lymph- lymphedema. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And no doctor could tell me what was going on. And then um, one thing after another, I saw another doctor. I was hospitalized. And then my kidney doctor at the time said, you don't have calciflaxis. We think it's your kidneys. And then another specialist came in who had actually seen calciflaxis, who knew what it was, because again, most doctors didn't, and they diagnosed me. And eventually, those dark spots turned into wounds when the skin died and opened. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and turned into. What, what does that mean wounds. for folks that don't know what necrotic means? Help us in, uh, explain that. Explain that to me like I'm a five year old. <laughs> um, it's where uh, so calciflaxis is where. The uh, blood vessels calcify um, the ones uh, closest to the skin. And uh, when it calcifies, then it cuts off the blood flow, which in return makes the skin necrotic. So that's dead skin, essentially. And uh, yeah. (laughs) I have uh, your Instagram pulled up. Do you guys mind if I share it really quick for those of us that watch on YouTube? It's one of your first pin posts. So if you go to fat girl fed up on Instagram, you'll see it. But uh, just to give people a little bit of a visual we're talking about right now, let me bring this into the screen. And I'm guessing that's the necrotic skin, right? Those darker spots. Yeah. Those are all wounds. Yeah. Those were, that's the, that's actually where the uh, sores have healed now. So. Okay. Yeah, and it just and and all of those spots on your body hurt, right? Uh, they did hurt. They don't really hurt now. Um, I just recently went into remission in August. Again, it's so rare the doctors don't know if the wounds will come back. 
all they could even tell me was that it goes into remission, but they didn't tell me like how long it would take to get there, what the next step were steps were to prevent it from coming back. I've had wounds open before, like reopen. So recently I went into remission. They're all closed right now. Fingers crossed, prayers that they stay closed. Yeah. Um, but we don't know. So we just take it day by day. Um, but I, they don't hurt now. But going through that pain was definitely the worst, terrible, most excruciating pain I've ever went through in my life. No, so sorry. Is, is there a, ge- a genetic component to this disease or is it lifestyle induced? Is, yeah, is what there, have you learned about it? Is there a link between that and your weight loss? Or, or They said that, you know, honestly, they really don't know. But they said that it was a side effect of having dialysis. It can be caused by that. Um, but they did say that like with calciphylaxis, the wounds could basically live in what, like your fat cells. Yeah. yeah. So it can make it worse, which thank God I wasn't 485 pounds because if I still had all the loose skin I've had removed and I wasn't able to be mobile and get around, I don't think I would still be here today. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, and, and, and you took the words right out of my mouth. Thank God that you had actually gone through this weight loss journey because you were actually in a much healthier place to actually survive yeah. those surgeries. Because yeah. if you were 485 pounds, your body's simply not going to recover like it needed to. It, it doesn't, it just simply wouldn't have the energy to, to be able to supply yeah. all that tissue and recover from those surgeries. So you, you changing your life, well, you, you saved your own life in, in more ways than one. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How did da- what did Danny get right while he was helping you through that journey? Because that had to have been so hard as a, as a couple. Like Danny, of course, you you can't imagine how much pain she's in, and you just feel so bad, and you just want to do. I mean, of course, we're men, so we just want to fix everything. And so, uh, I'm going to ask you, Lexi, to tell us what Danny got right, and then Danny, I kind of want to hear your vantage point going through this too. I'd say everything, honestly, Aww. like, well, I mean, Danny basically helped help me save my life because Danny was there every single day I was going through the pain. He had to help me walk to the bathroom. He had to help me get dressed. I wasn't able to drive anymore. I couldn't get to my appointments. He had to take me to my appointments. Um, he had to give me my medicine. He had to talk to the doctors. He had to make notes. He had to change my bandages every single night because the top thing that they're worried about and why so many people unfortunately don't survive through calciphylaxis is because infection. And so the doctor said, well, you can change your wounds like maybe every two to three days. And yeah, sorry. (laughs) And that just wasn't, you know, Danny didn't agree with that. So he decided that he was going to change them every single night, which took us, you know, multiple hours. I cried. It was terrible. You had to take all the tape off and then clean it. And it it just wasn't fun. And we had a in-home health aide come once a week and he ended up doing it because they didn't do as good of a job as he did. At my appointments, they asked him to help. Like he basically took care of me and became like my caretaker during all of it. And yeah, everything, everything. Yeah. Give us your vantage point, Danny. Um, and I mean, yeah, just, uh, cleaning her wounds uh, nightly um, and making sure that the bandages were changed um, and we had to clean the wounds and uh, taking her to all of her appointments and making sure she got the right medicine when she was supposed to. 
because at the time she wasn't uh, very strong. She was pretty weak. And uh, I just but I'm guessing through all this, dude, like you still have to go to work. She still got to get like there's still jobs. There's still family. There's still life happening. So how do you navigate all of that stuff and this? Uh, Just priorities. I mean, um, at, at that time, she was what was most important. I focused everything into helping her and uh, helping her survive. So, did, did you ever worry that you're going to lose her? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely did, um, and that was probably one of the most scariest things that I've ever been through. So, yep, I have. <laughs> what was there any moment in, in particular that you're like, she might not make it? Um, there was a. Uh, there was a couple different things. Um, we uh, just found out that she had calciflaxis. Um, I had no clue what it was. I Googled it, looked it, looked it up to see what it was. And uh, it, it said that it had a high mortality rate. Um, and that maybe a year or two at the most is all they would have. And I kept digging into it, trying to figure it out. Um, and it came down to it was a high rate of infection um, because with so many wounds, uh, there's a greater chance of infection. So I, I, I made sure that uh, I was, you know, cleaning every wound and replacing the bandages as uh, much as I could. Obviously, not overdoing it, but as much as I could to make sure every wound was clean, taken care of. Uh, because that was my biggest fear is that I might lose her. So, Lexi, uh, were you ever scared that you were going to die? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a few nights when I first was diagnosed and they didn't really know what was wrong with me or what was going on. And I would feel like my stomach and the bumps and they hadn't opened yet. And I didn't know why there were so many. And I would go to bed and I would hug Danny and tell him goodnight and just pray that I would wake up the next day, but I really thought a few nights that I wasn't going to. Yeah. Well, we're wow. so happy. Everything has <laughs> kind of unfolded the way that it has. And I, I mean, Danny, you must look at this woman to your left and be like, I married a freaking superhero. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. She amazes me every day. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so awesome. cool. All right, bud. So, okay. You're you're going through this absolute hell with this uh, calciflaxis, yeah. And then at, at what point does the hospital say, okay, you're green lit, you know, and you can go back to what you're doing? Or did you did you already when you're going through that? What what was it like as far as your wellness journey go, goes? Like what? Like pillars of wellness were you still able to maintain and um or how did you get yourself back on track um danny was actually able to cook for me because i couldn't cook because i couldn't stand i basically lived in a chair during all of this because i was in so much pain so i tried to control what i could um but then i had lost so much weight through it that i was like okay i just feel weak i feel like i've lost all my muscle mass i i'm not eating like i should And so eventually we started going out to eat and trying to just get out of the house to do something as I got better. Because since I did have wounds on my back, my doctor said if I felt like I was up to it, 
I could start standing and walking more because the wounds would heal faster than sitting on them, obviously. So slowly but surely, we started doing stuff like going out to eat just so I could heal. Um, yeah, and, and and adding more protein to your diet. Yeah. We also knew that would help help, oh, yeah, help heal. Yeah. Um, but slowly but surely, I gained weight. And then March of this year, once I felt like I could move a little bit more, I really was like, okay, I know I can't go to the gym yet because I still had quite a few open wounds, but I know I can go back to cooking again. I'm slowly able to get back in the kitchen. I slowly can move a little bit more. Ultimately, I knew that nutrition was more important than working out. Um, so I just started cooking for myself again and tracking calories again and going back to what I knew. And slowly but surely, I got back into my lifestyle and things started improving for both of us before I could get back into the gym a few months ago. And then I just kept losing more weight. Wow. Because I w- I'm glad you asked that question, Chris, because one of the things I was thinking about is like she's down 300 pounds and then this this disease enters her life and so she puts a little bit of weight back on. And I wonder, there's this word that we don't talk about enough when we go through these really difficult times and that word is anger. And I'm just wondering what role anger played in your life and how you were able to navigate those moments where it shows up because it had to have, unless you're just mother Teresa, this thing had had to have shown up. I mean, whenever I started losing weight at 485 pounds and I was an emotional eater, I decided that I was just going to tell myself that every day was a good day because I knew that if I went to work and somebody stole the coffee or something happened and I was in a bad mood, then I was going to want to eat bad again. And so I think that kind of played a role when I got sick is because I was like, okay, I can't control this. So why am I going to spend all my time being mad about it? Of course, there were days where I was just like, well, this isn't fair. You know, why did this happen to me? But then I just was like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? And I think by taking that back, that power and focusing on healing instead of being anger or (laughs) angry, that really helped me to keep moving forward. And I think by being positive, it really just helped me to heal. I love that. I was going to ask, I was going to ask how you've managed your stress through this entire journey, even from 2016 on, because the thing is like, that is such a key component that so many people, they they just think, Oh, I'm going to lose weight, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. But especially being, you know, having emotional triggers, et cetera, that is going to be, I mean, the, the, the ability to manage your stress is so huge. And I, you know, for you to have a mantra of saying every day is a good day, there's gratitude in that. And there is, there's also, there's an aspect of mindfulness to that, you know? So it's just like, and and so it's so good to hear that you've had that, that, that mentality. Do you have a mantra now? You know, it sounds like that, that served you really well back then. And even through this process of, you know, even through the, the calciflaxis, is that still, is every day still a good day right now? Every day is still a good day, especially now. I'm just lucky to still be here. Like it could have gone a completely different way. So I'm just so thankful every day that I wake up, you know, when at one point I thought I might not wake up or at one point I thought I might not live to see my 30th birthday because I was 485 pounds. So yeah, we're definitely very blessed and very grateful for every day. One of the things I keep meaning to ask you is uh, this baby read 2016, 
Uh, have babies had their way into this world yet? Is that still a thing that you guys talk about, think about? Do you already have five kids and we don't know that yet? Like, where are we here? We don't have any kids just because life happened. And with Castleflaxis yeah. being so rare, we don't know. Like, I don't know if I can have more excess skin surgery. I don't know if I can have kids, if it would be a good idea. Like, I, because I don't know how long remission lasts. I don't know if, okay, this is like, it's going to be a few months and the wounds are just going to come back. I don't know because nobody can tell me. So we're just going to take it day by day, but it's still in the cards, hopefully for the future. Well, yeah. and it doesn't, and it can be, or it doesn't have to be. I mean, it sounds like you've got a very rational way of thinking about this now. And you understand that life's handed you a set of circumstances where maybe that isn't the, the card that you want to play ultimately. And you two can just grow old together and have a freaking great life and sell a thousand in a million fat girl fed up hoodies, which by the way, I love the purple one. It is like so awesome. I went onto the website today. I was like, click. It's yeah. such a great design, Chris. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like what I imagined was her in 2016. Yeah. And then it's like this progression to thinner Perfect. versions of herself. And it's such a great design. That is, that is so incredible. You know, and, and here's the thing. I know so many people have seen your physical transformation, both of you, as, as you've gone through this incredible journey, but how have you changed mentally throughout this process? Mm, here we go. I would say I just I think that anything is possible now like and I'm just such a happier person deciding every day is a good day and before I would focus on the negative more than the positive I think so I would definitely say mindset has changed yeah for sure and and finding new ways to make you know the foods you love um healthy and you know finding ways you can um have your your food that you that you like you know and uh going to the gym and pushing yourself and setting yourself up for different goals so that you receive something with each goal uh because what we done is we had a short-term goal once we reached it then we'd reward ourselves with maybe um, a movie, a or, movie or we'd have a long-term goal as well and then maybe we would get a pair of new shoes or something like that. Right. And I think that's definitely helped as well. Yeah. I love that. Lexi, I heard you say it's possible. When you were 485 pounds and you accepted a 30-day challenge from your friend, did you think that this was your inevitable future? No. <laughs> At what point did you start to believe that? Did you start to think, oh my gosh, if I could I do really that, what else could I do? I really think after the first month, once we saw the results, and once we got in a routine and it became part of our lifestyle, we realized, okay, like maybe the gym isn't so bad. Okay, like I'm learning to cook more than just eggs because that's all I knew how to cook in the beginning. I never knew how to meal prep or how to make anything. And I think that after that first 30 days, we saw it was possible. And then we wanted to keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it makes it, yeah. it so much easier once you get into a routine to just keep going. And once you're going, then it's just a lot easier. It's, it's it, momentum. It's like a freight train yeah. of momentum. Yeah. That's it. Right. Is yeah. there any, is there any part of your relationship that isn't improved? Like I'm thinking communications open, intimacy's open, your sex life must be better. Like there must be everything about what you guys have going on and all your millions of people that are following your journey along. Like you've been able to turn this into a business, which is 
outstanding and incredible. Is there anything in your life that isn't better as a result of you just going all in, guys? No. I think everything's better. Yeah, everything's better. Yeah. So but, I think I think that ultimately, I mean, it brought us even closer yeah. than we were before because we're doing it together. We're changing together. We're cooking together. We're going to the gym together. Like It just made us so much stronger than we were before. All right. Now, dose of reality, what do you guys still struggle with? Not necessarily with each other, but what what are some of your biggest struggles still to this day? Um, I, I would say for me, sometimes uh, I, I feel like I'm kind of dragging and I, I don't always want to go to the gym. And I have Lexi over here to help me, and push me to go. <laughs> and then once I get there, I start working out. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad I came. And I get into my workout and, you know, uh, get it done. I mean, I guess for me, like something that I struggle with would be another thing. Like in the gym, like I don't enjoy weightlifting. And I know that it's something that I need to enjoy and I need to get into. Uh, especially because I do have problems with one of my legs not being as strong as it used to be after everything. So I'm going to have to really work to get there. Um but I don't feel like I really miss like any of my old habits, like things I used to eat or the lifestyle that I used to live. I think that everything's good, but there are just some things I could improve on. Not that I so much struggle with. Listen, sure. even Chris Powell doesn't <laughs> love going to the gym every day. Shocker. <laughs> no, Shocker. No, I, I, I don't want to do it either until I start moving. And once I start moving, I'm like, oh, I could do a little bit more. I could do a little bit more. And by the time I walk out, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. So, it. Yeah. It's just a human thing. All right, guys, let's uh, let's wrap up with you a little bit and Ben have some fun toward the end of this podcast. Name that tune. Would you rather? And then Chris is going to hit you with a question. So I've got a clip ready, Chris, and uh, you guys can work together as a team. You're only going to get the opening two seconds to the song and you're going to have to tell us who it is, title and artist. And if you get it wrong, we're just going to end the broadcast right away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. There we go. You everybody ready to play, right, Chris? You can feel yep. free to help him out. Okay. Here okay. We go. Got it. Danny knows it. Lexi knows it. Give me, baby, one more time. <laughs> She's all over it, man. Listen. Outstanding achievement. All right. Good would job, you rather? Good would job. you rather? Chris, you got to play this one too, okay? All right. Well, I'll we'll play it. Would you guys rather listen to an annoying laugh? for the whole day or get tickled for an hour straight. Tickled. Uh, Lexi, you saying tickled? Yeah. An hour is a lot shorter than a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I might have to go with the annoying laugh, to be honest with you. Like I'm thinking like Fran Drescher, you're like, yeah. right? <laughs> that, was, that was the I laugh think, that I, I was thinking I think it would just become funny at some point. Yes. <laughs> I think it would. I, I, I'm going to go with the laugh. I hate being tickled. I hate it. I, oh, I don't like being tickled either. Yeah. Yeah. My son has oh. got this thing where he just, he just wants to tickle me all the time because he knows how much it bothers me and it drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, Cash, be careful. Your dad's got muscles. All right. Yeah. Just, 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 more, I'm just warning you, buddy. And the more I laugh, the more he keeps going. And then I have to get serious, but then I'm, I'm serious and laughing at the same time. So he doesn't know if, if he should keep going or not. And then he figures out real quick when he needs to stop. So. <laughs>
Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> All right, so Lexi's going to get tickled. The rest of us are going to listen to Fran Drescher laugh for, for 24 hours. All right, fair um, enough. All right. And to wrap it all up, you know, and especially so Lexi, you've been through, I mean, you both have been through an incredible journey, but and Lexi, I know you there's been ups and downs, which is life. And especially on the on the weight loss journey, see a lot of folks go through weight loss, then weight gain, and then weight loss, and then weight gain again. And I would love to know if you've had the opportunity to to trace back to those moments when you've started to regain weight. Because what happens when most people go through a journey of weight loss, and I've heard it from both of you, you had a regimen, you had your non-negotiables. Going back through the ups and downs, have you been able to trace it back to a moment in which you broke those non-negotiables, those, those promises that you had been keeping for so long? Yeah, um, I think, like I said, I think mine was when um, I wasn't able to really go to the gym anymore. And I realized by not going to the gym, I just wasn't as motivated. But then when I was finally able to go again, I think it really made me just appreciate it so much more. And now I just enjoy it because I know what it's like to not be able to go to the gym or not be able to walk or to be in pain. And just like I know the other side compared to the side where I actually enjoy it. So can can you remember the moment when you I guess what what did you did you drive to the gym and and there was a closed sign on the door, or like what can, can you go back to the day when you all of a sudden it was like it was your regular grind and you couldn't do it? Yeah, um, I mean everybody was told to stay at home, um, so I just I didn't think it was safe for me to go anymore because we didn't know a lot about COVID at the time. So I was like, okay, well I'm gonna work out, and then slowly but surely I didn't do that. And so, 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 you, so you didn't go home time. and work out? No, I said I was going to. I maybe did like two or three times, but not like going to the gym six times a week consistent. Mm. And then what, when when you end up, and I, I know it's not about the weight, it's about the promises. It's about those non-negotiables, non non-negotiables. But when that happened, how much did you did you backslide on your journey? How much did you end up gaining after you started, after you broke that pattern of promises? Um, the most that I ended up gaining back is probably about 90 pounds. And I've lost, uh, since I've regained weight, like 75 pounds. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. And because you were able to catch yourself yeah. and, and say, okay, look, now I need to reestablish. And did you reestablish those non-negotiables again, those promises? Yeah. It's beautiful. And that's such a fair thing to say though, Chris, because like the pandemic did, it just derailed so many people. And, oh. you know, you think about it, like if you're at the gym, like I go to Mountainside Fitness and, and I've got everything I could possibly imagine there. I've got all the TRX bands. I've got all the, you know, the ellipticals, the treadmills, yeah. the Stairmasters, free weights. Like I can go there and it's just like a this Disneyland and fitness <laughs> and I can pick anything I want. And then the pandemic smacks me and I'm at home and I'm like, I have two sets of dumbbells. One's 25 pounds, one's 35 pounds. I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm not no. doing it. Yeah. And and it just derailed so many people. But I think Lexi and Danny are both proof that it's like, okay, put the put the train back on the tracks, folks. The yeah. gyms are back open. Like it's yeah. time to get back in again. That that that's just it. And and I you're just spot on. It derailed 
hundreds of millions of people that they they had that pattern. And a lot of times, you know, you go to the gym, it sets the theme for the rest of the day. You get that win and you want to make good decisions from there. And all of a sudden you break that promise and it's it, it wasn't on you. I mean, granted, now you did have the power to go home and work out, but at the same time, look, I'm, I'm not saying you're pointing fingers at all, but the promise was broken. And then it, it becomes this domino effect of more and more and more and more broken promises. And before you know it, 90 pounds later. Boy, and I tell you what, I mean, a couple hundred million Americans, the, the average weight gain during the pandemic was 20, 25 pounds. And so like, you're certainly not alone in that. This is the, it, it affected so many people. And, um, and so and thank you so much for sharing that. And it, I think it's brilliant to, to be able to identify that and identify that moment in which here, here's a set of promises you have been living by that were able to, you were able to achieve so much success by keeping them every day. And then all of a sudden one day, and if you don't get back on track, how quickly it can happen. But yeah. 90 pounds later, you did get back on track and, and here you are, both of you today. And this, it certainly looks from where I'm sitting, it looks like your future is very, very bright. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah buddy. Awesome. I love it. All right. A couple of takeaways from me, Chris. Find a way to eat the food you love a healthy way. I love that. That's a great takeaway. You also said something there that you probably meant to throw away, but I wrote it down, which is I just tried to control what I could, and I realized that getting angry at it wasn't going to help. And uh, I think that's just that's that's a wonderful takeaway, too. We've had I'm trying to think of the psychologist that we had on one time where she was literally like use the word stop or clap your hands or something like that when you're in those moments and you're stressed out. And she was like, stop. This is not helping me change my thought pattern. Do you remember? It doesn't matter who it was, it but was that was recent. basically what she said. Yeah, it was yeah. like, I, I want to say Nicole Vignola or something like that, but basically doing what you said to do, which is like, I can't control this, so I'm not going to lean into it. Awesome. And falling back on your why when you just didn't, when you weren't feeling it. To, to, I mean, I had a, a, a blaring takeaway that's in front of us this whole time is the two of you sitting here, the, the power of, of support. It, no human is an island and we all need, we need yeah. people. We need that support system, whether it's, you know, a, a friend or a family member or a partner, um, or maybe it's even someone online. Because I know a lot of people, a lot of people are not as blessed as as the two of you are to have each other to help each other through this, and so and so they have to find their support system elsewhere. But that it's out there. But I think you know having having another human to go through the journey with, or at least someone to just listen as you're going through those tough times to encourage you, and to also you know to be there to listen when when things aren't going as as you planned. Sometimes when you think you quote unquote you know messed up, to be able to lean on that person and still have them love you no matter what, you know, it's, I think we all need that. So yeah. I think kudos to both of you hats off Danny. And, and I just want to acknowledge you really quick for being such an incredible support system. You know, I think you're, you're such a beautiful example to so many other people of, of the, the power of, of that, that unconditional love and support and how it can change so many lives, you know, not just her life, but, but your life as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. It I'm very blessed. To have awesome. you guys. It's so cool. I remember I'll wrap us up this way. I remember going through my uh, spiritual mental health retreat about two years ago. And I landed on this idea of 
because <clears throat> you know you can sit and you can gain weight or you can have a disease or you can get cancer or you can struggle with your mental health or you can lose a parent or you can have some awful traumatic experience and chris you and i've talked about this a lot and it's this idea of why does this why did this happen to me and you can sit and get really lost in that space of why 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 and what i learned in my retreat was what if the answer is so simple and it's purely so that you can help somebody else when it's their turn. So you've gone through it in an effort to be there for somebody else when it's their turn. And it's so clear to me, it's glaring in my face today that you two are the prime example of that <laughs> mantra. You're here to help other people walk through their journey because you know damn well what it feels like to be a part of it, whether it's gaining and losing weight, dieting and exercise, calciflaxis, like whatever that is, you are just here in the spirit of helping other people. And so I'll give both of you the final word on the podcast today. Is there something you hope to say to somebody, you hope that they hear? Is there some big glaring takeaway from today where if you only had this person for one minute, you could tell them whatever you wanted to, what would that thing be for you too? I would say start small, small changes add up to big results. Um, you don't have to have it all figured out. You know, it takes time, but if you just start on one thing, that one thing is going to add up. Beautifully put. Danny, Lexi, thank you guys so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Awesome. Take care. You too. Fantastic. Bye. Bye. See you later. Chris, what a cast, brother. Right. Holy smokes, huh? Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of incredible takeaways there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, what she's been through is just a remarkable journey. And I'm just, but what he's been through has been, has been a remarkable journey as well. Like yeah, it is I, it, very unique. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, the other thing that I was thinking about is like, I think it's super dangerous to compare your pain to other people's like, oh, you got it worse or you got it worse or you got it worse. But at, at the very minimum, and maybe we've talked about this before, it can it can help you to shift your perspective. And, and if you're sitting there listening to our podcast today and, you know, you haven't had to endure some rare disease that's, you know, giving you six months to live. But for you, it's just been, I'm in some rut and I can't seem to get out of it. Like hearing her story allows you to go, all right, maybe I could buckle down and get to work a little harder here. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, especially considering it like, so So she was dealt a, a pretty rough hand of cards. Right. And she's she, she was fortunate enough to make it through that. And she was able to get herself back on track pursuing a better quality of life. I'm not even going to say losing weight because it, it, it's always been the pursuit of a better quality of life. And she's it's not about losing the weight, it's about gaining a life. And I, I love that she said that. And I think it's it's so accurate because it's not about stepping on the scale. You get on the you get on the scale a couple of hundred pounds lighter, the number the, the number doesn't mean anything. It, it's about what that translates to as as far as opportunities and experiences, right? And so it's like there there's so much to be gained there. And also the fact that you know she, she you know over five years you know 2016 to 20 well, actually 2020 ish, um, so four years she reached her goal. She lost 312 pounds, but then life threw curveballs. I think a major, major takeaway here is that 
life's going to throw curveballs at all of us. So it's not like you lose the weight and just think, okay, that's it. I'm good. No, you have to be prepared because there's going to be future battles ahead and future obstacles. And so it's like, it's, I think the journey of transformation is really all about how well you can just keep getting up and keep getting back on track because we're all going to get knocked down. So I think there's, boy, there's a lot that we can learn from both of them. All right, guys. Don't forget to follow us on the Instagrams. We are there at the I Needed That Podcast. We have our official YouTube channel, I Needed That Podcast, as well. We invite everybody to check that out. We post video clips of our of our conversations with folks. And if you want to see Lexi and Danny and all the other folks that we've met, our YouTube channel probably has a video with them and many others. Chris, have a great day, buddy. You as well, my friend.